episode four episode four we're basically amazing not that we didn't know this already but this has just confirmed it hello louise hello chatrice you're listening to courting in color with your hosts chatrice and louise Yes. Uh, well, welcome back, everyone, new listeners and old, which really, you couldn't be that old because this is only episode four. <laughs> but it's taken a year to get here. So. That's true. You could be a year older and a year wiser, <laughs> as we hope we all are. Um, but yes, welcome back, everyone. So excited to um, have new listeners engaging with us on social media and all that good stuff. Keep the ideas, comments, and questions coming. So yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So Louise, how you doing? What you been up to this past week? Any good dating memories? I shouldn't, I shouldn't preface it with good. Any dating memories or highlights or things to recall? <laughs> yeah. So I am doing okay. Uh, yesterday and today has been a little bit of a struggle. I'm on some like new medication, which makes me really drowsy mm-hmm. and a little bit disoriented. And I'm just like, Ugh. so I definitely had to take an afternoon nap today because it was just a lot. Um, but I'm doing good. Um, otherwise, I think I'm really tired. I realized as well that I need to disconnect from social media. Mm. Going into next week, um, I have an iPhone. Shout out to my Apple users. There's apparently a setting somehow with an Apple technology to like restrict your social media usage in terms of just like an hour or two or so I might need to adjust to that because I've been spending too much time on social media. That's real. It won't let you like it'll block you from like clicking on Instagram or something like that? I think so. One of my coworkers does it. So I need to like check in with them to be like how does this work but yeah I spend way (laughs) too much time on social media and I think for both of us like we're we're out here just trying to stay informed and just keeping folks a reminder like we'll do here that like black lives still matter protests are still happening like Mm -hmm. this is still happening and even though it's not getting news coverage from the popular media because the transition has been for the media to cover the um the the what they would call the violent protests and now that the protests have become non-violent it's seemingly something that they don't want to cover um Mm -hmm. but i know both of us have been on social media and just trying to stay educated share stuff on our platforms and so i think it's been a lot and i think it's catching up to me this week but how about you also still like this week i am physically exhausted but not from anguish necessarily Mm. Um, like you said, it still is a lot going on. Even I logged in today and I was like, oh, it's still a lot, which means there's like, that means we got to keep going, right? Like I can't just like do this for a week, which is what I'm used to doing. I'm like, we have a movement and we feel solid for like five days and then we are back to normal. And I purposely um, retweeted or reposted. Uh, someone had made a post that spoke to that. Of like, yeah, uh, just because, you know, things might be looking are going back to normal doesn't mean that the fight is still over. Like right. we have to keep going. So there's that piece in just with work and doing some kind of community organizing, um, which, you know, event planning is my strength. And I'm like, if I can, if that can be my role in the movement, then great. And so I've been doing a lot of that and it is catching up with me. Like I was just saying a second ago that like, after we like get off here, 
I gotta take a nap. And I don't even, it's gonna be like eight o'clock. So maybe I'm just right. going to bed. I'm not really sure. <laughs> is it a nap after 5 p.m.? I don't know. Will, but more Sonic, time- will more Sonic be involved before? No, and plot twist, spoiler, what have you. I didn't even go to Sonic yesterday. I, I know, we talked so much about, okay, what am I gonna get at Sonic? What's my order? I literally can walk five seconds that way and be at Sonic. And then I was too tired to walk the five seconds to Sonic. So I just ended up making something here. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, this, this speaks to something. I, I maybe need to take a chill pill if I'm that exhausted. But I was like, I literally, Louise was like, I can't even, cause I feel like we didn't meet a resolve of what I was gonna order at Sonic. So I was still like, <laughs> the amount of stress I had about like, I don't even really know what my order is. And it's gonna take me 10 minutes to figure out something. So I might as well make something here. So yes, Sonic was a bust this week. <laughs> or I was a bust and didn't go to Sonic. <laughs> so we'll have to get Sonic is basically the- Yes, at some point. Um, but I'm like, let me not sit here and act like I'm just like, a lover of Sonic. Like, it's, it would have been easier to go to Sonic if I always went and had an order ready, but it's because right. I don't go that I couldn't think of anything, so, yeah. Well, I was just, <laughs> not that this, not that this podcast episode is about <laughs> Sonic, but I was just having the conversation of how the, the strength of Sonic is their shakes and their slushies. Like, their food yes. is really subpar to me. Yeah. Well, right, and so that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I just think about all the things that I put in my body as a child and how I'm still alive is truly beyond me. Cause I'm like, when they had those 99 cent conies, Louise, 99 cent conies meant double conies. Like I'm getting- Wait, what is cony? Like a Coney Island hot dog. Oh, oh was that, that was a thing? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they definitely had that in Tennessee growing up. So I was like all for it. And I tried that like the first like year I moved out here. I tried. I was like, yes, 99 cent conies. This is my life. Nah, my stomach was like, no, sweetie, you're almost 30. We can't, we can't eat foods that are prepared that cost 99 cents that like are processed in this way. The Popeye's chicken sandwich, let me tell you, I obviously supported the that part of the movement um to getting the Popeye's (laughs) right no but like when it first came out what was it in like November December when I tell you Mm. one of those just upsets my stomach it feels like I have gravel or like a huge boulder (laughs) sitting on my anus like oh well (laughs) it's just a lot and and then when I look at it I was like this is an abnormal because it's what like a chicken breast I'm like this is an abnormally large this is an abnormally large chicken breast I think of those like chicken dot or the documentaries about fast food with yes. like a chicken having a huge and I'm just like you know what it's okay did my role you know I'm here to support gave them my three dollars and fifty cents for the sandwich and never again yes <laughs> it's so funny because now when I travel to Sully's there's like two Popeyes near his house and since I don't live near one I'm always like Ooh, Popeyes is an this is an occasion gotta get that Popeyes yeah. and the last time I was like actually we don't have to have the enlarged breasted chicken every time <laughs> I go down the road. So, yes, I understand. So, I don't even know how we got here, but that was not a highlight because it didn't end up happening. But um, I hope it'll happen soon and yes. maybe we'll get something that's tasty. But let me tell you a moment that did happen this week that, uh, like, didn't surprise me. Um, I just forgot these things happened, I guess. Mm-hmm. So this has nothing to do with Sully. So um, I, this actually happened literally five hours ago. 
So I was uh, running around trying to like get a couple um, errands done or whatever. And I'm at the gas station. I'm at a gas station in the town that I don't live in. So I just, you know, Google like, where's the quickest gas station on my way home? And I was like, this isn't, this isn't a brand that I recognize of a, of a convenience store or gas station. And I pull up and I was like, oh, I almost like pulled up and pulled out and was like, kept going. But I was like, I'm already here. Maybe it's minority owned and mm. I'll be supporting them. Cause I just went to a black owned restaurant. So I was like, yeah, like keep it going. And so, um, I get out or whatever and get my, try to go pay for my gas. Then they tell me, it's an extra 50 cents because I had to use my debit card because I mean, cause it's 2020. So like I primarily use a debit card right. and I was like, what a fucking scam. But I get that they probably get charged, whatever, what have you again, not a big brand or not a big chain uh, gas station. So fine. I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh wait, no, I have cash in my car. I literally just gotten cash out. God wanted me to save that 50 cents. So great. So I go back out, get the cash, go back in, pay for everything. And as I'm walking out, this black man who I guess had remembered me from that locally owned restaurant, that barbecue oh. that I went to before. He's like, oh, I bet you ate some of that barbecue already. I was like, yes, I did. I couldn't wait. Like, it was good, whatever. Like, we were just laughing about, like, the barbecue. And I think he was still waiting for his cute little moment, whatever. So I'm about to start pumping my gas. And then another man walks up to me and was like, you know, next time you gotta let me pump your gas. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. okay. All right. Like you could honestly, you could you could pump it right now. I mean, right. like, this, I I don't like pumping the, gas. We just hit the dollar twenty mark. Like you, could. right? Like I just started. Like whatever. And so then I was like, okay, and like because I didn't like understand him the first time, or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, so clearly not gonna do it. Pumping my gas. So then he's like, oh, uh, like are you married? And I was like, are you proposing? Like, what? Like, I'm still, <laughs> like, I was still trying to keep it light. I'm still in a yeah. good mood, whatever. Uh, and I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm not accepting proposals right now, but thank you so much. So I like go to like put the pump back on the thingy, get in my car. He's not done. He walks around like up to like the front of my car. He's basically at my door. Oh, and I'm no. Like, and oh, I didn't mention this man is old enough to be my grandfather. Like, this is an old man. And this is such a familiar experience for me as a black woman. Like, men who know that they are too damn old. I'm like, granted, yes, I'm almost 30. But in my mind, I'm still a baby. So, like, this is inappropriate. But okay, fine. Like, so maybe I look like an adult woman. I think I do. I should, whatever. But, like, also, you're, I don't know, six, a smooth 60 at the minimum. Can you not? And, like, when I, like, kind of, like, try to gently brush you off can you just take the stop hint. take the like these negroes cannot take a hint or this type of negro really does not take a hint well and so like he comes up to my car and i was like i like i don't think he's dangerous or anything so I, like i rolled in my window because i'm still trying to like be lighthearted or whatever and he was like oh you know blah 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 you got a man you marry i was like no he's like you know, I was, he like mumbles something and I'm just like, Ooh. slowly rolling my window. <laughs> like, I can't, I'm like, okay, no, we're done. And, but I catch him say like, oh, well, somebody's going to marry you someday. <laughs> You're like, thank you. I, I receive that actually. I, right, like, I, <laughs> That's somebody not being you. I receive that. 
I'm glad that you acknowledge that you are not going to be the one that's going to marry me, but someone is going to eventually love me and marry me. I was like, uh, thank you. Like, and like, tried to drive off as quickly as possible. So then, but it's like on, it's like the, the gas station was at a light. So like as quick as I could drive off, I was at a red light. So great. <laughs> so I see him watching me like pull out and guess what type of car this man gets into, Louise? I don't know. Oh, church man! <laughs> no! <laughs> church man, I died. I was like, can you just go praise the, this is not the Lord's work. This is not right. the Lord's work. The Lord did not want you, like, aggressively attempting to flirt with some stranger at a gas station. You did not pump my gas. You didn't pay for my gas. Actually, what you did was bought a lottery ticket when you were inside. So like you could have scratched it off and gave me a little slice, but you weren't trying to do all that. No. You're just trying to be weird and extra. I'm like, sir, if you don't get your old ass in this van and drive <laughs> off. Louise, oh my gosh. And so of course there's a stoplight. And so then he pulled, he's like staring me down as I like drive off or whatever. And I'm like, Ugh, like I want to keep going. He honks his horn once. I'm like, at, I was like, this light's got to turn green. It's got to turn green, and then it did. I was like, I just why can't why? men take the hint, right? Like, why can't <laughs> they take the hint? Like, and it's unfortunate, right, that you feel like you have to be nice because if you yes. weren't, who knows what his reaction would be? Exactly. And I was like, you know, it's 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 a what is it? A catch twenty two. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. Which I think that's what a catch twenty two is. <laughs> not whatever damned if I do damned if I don't because when I like am looking at them crazy then I'm gonna get called all sorts of names right. so I'm trying to like playfully like let you down like I'm not tr like especially like if it's another black man of any age I'm like I don't want you to think you know like I just don't want you to think that I think that you're what have you but also I do think that I am an adult human woman person who said like no thank you and you kept coming at me like no this means is, like, no me, sir like it right and I'm like and and granted I didn't like have a firm no but I was like come on now let me just pump my gas and this isn't the first time that someone has like followed me to my car to like attempt to and I'm like I don't know how you don't understand that is not okay like you have lived on this earth at least twice as long as me, maybe three times as long. That is not okay. Like, it's not okay. So, I mean, it's it the was, entitlement and the privilege, right? The it access, is. the this will be mine. Like, I will be openly welcomed. And it's no. I'm like, I don't know how you thought that, sweetie, but okay. So, I just pulled off and I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm of all that, I'm just going to receive that he said he had a prophecy to speak on behalf of the church right. that someone. Is gonna marry me someday, and I said, "Amen." <laughs> right. You have your you have your testimonial for yes. Sunday to share with yes. the congregation. Right. Everyone, hear me. I'm single, but I won't be for long. So you might want to listen. You should have you should have paid attention to the name of the church on his van and gone this Sunday and be like one of your oh, congregation no. members. Oh, I received what he spoke. Uh-uh, he would have been an usher at the door, like, waiting for me. Yes, I knew you saw that van name. No, sad. No, sad. Although there was a cup of wine on the van. Like, it was, like, the cross and, uh -huh. I guess, the, the water that Jesus turned in, or the wine that Jesus had turned from water. So I was like, that might be my type of church, like, to get down with. But I was like, no, sad. Like, I cannot believe, like, 
I forget that like that happens and the town that I live in like it's just so small and like everything's spread out so that doesn't right. quite happen as much and so I was like oh damn it like I enter a city and oh yeah this happens so yes that was my uh memorable dating and relationships related moment <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I have one I mean I think I have a I think I have the reminder of remaining open and flexible mm-hmm. that it is okay for my plans to change and I have to openly welcome them. Um, so me and my partner, were just trying to make, you know, a choice right now. And we're talking about some things that I had not planned for, but we're like, you know what? It's okay. And I'm trying to hold on to that. I come back to, and funny enough, I think we're going to talk about black music at some point, but like, I don't know if anyone else, um, I don't know if anyone else listening loves SZA as much as I do, but like that control. Uh, hello? Album, I don't know. Okay, yay. Literally, literally, Louise, every time I have a breakup or I'm saying, like, <laughs> you already know. Listen, I make an instant post exactly. listening. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Like, yes, you're and it's like black, it's like white letters and black background. <laughs> Siza wrote that for us. Actually, yes. she, wrote, she wrote it for this podcast. That's yes. Um, but no, I just that for me that album is just so amazing. And three years later, it still stands the test of time. Actually, it's I think it was pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah. it actually was the anniversary, like not even a week ago, like maybe three or four days ago. One of my biggest takeaways from that album is about control and like surrendering control, and it's just been a common theme uh, for me in my life about control and, and where to have it, where to let it go. Does it serve me? Does it not serve me? So mm-hmm. I just had that reminder not too long ago that, Thanks, you know, SZA. right. So yes, it's okay to surrender control. Like I will, I will be fine. Well, I want to do a couple of shout outs. So first of all, shout out to our friend, Brian. It's his birthday. Well, it was his birthday yesterday. And when this comes out, it'll have been his birthday last week, but happy birthday, Brian. We love you. Happy birthday, Brian. We love you. We will you. see you literally tomorrow. So excited. Party. It's going to be lit. Also shout out to, um, I don't, <laughs> this doesn't work with the shout out. I'm like, shout out to I guess the plantation owners who finally decided it was okay to free those slaves, like Juneteenth is here. Um, We are still fighting for freedom, but yeah, I just thought like, okay. Um, I've seen a lot on social media this week about people who, uh, um, I think maybe people of all backgrounds or races or ethnicities, but uh, there was a couple of black women who posted in particular who were talking about how like, yeah, they kind of knew about Juneteenth, but, like, it didn't seem like something they were supposed to celebrate. Like, it was kind of like, don't be lame and, like, don't or don't be extra, I guess I should say, like, or don't put your Blackness right. over here and talk about it, especially if you're in, like, a predominantly white area or whatever. Um, and it just seemed like, so, and one of them had mentioned, like, she was like, it's kind of like Kwanzaa. Like, nobody in the Black community really, like, does anything about that, which got me to thinking, like, I wonder what Kwanzaa will look and feel like this mm-hmm. year. But, but yeah, I was like, that's so real. I, I feel like I've always known about Juneteenth, but, like, I know back home growing up, there was always, like, it was called Jubilee Day, which is kind of one of the names, like, right. Juneteenth. And I don't know that I made that connection, that that's what that was celebrating. Um, but I do remember, like, Jubilee Day definitely was a thing. And I, I don't think I really, I'm sh- Part of me is like, it had to have been mentioned somewhere in the crevice of a history book, but 
Probably not. I can't remember, right? And I and I know that's kind of like when did we learn about Juneteenth? Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, like being uh, not black. The first time I learned about Juneteenth was in summer of 2013 when I was spending the summer in Philadelphia. And Mm. we, my friend and I had gone to a museum in Northern Philly, which is like a predominantly black area of the city. And they had talked about, or I saw a flyer about Juneteenth. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? And like, I learned a very minimal, like very, very brief overview of what Juneteenth was. And I saw it being talked about more um, or actually, let me not say that. I feel like I paid more attention to it the months and years after Ferguson, as people were talking about celebrating not Fourth of July but Juneteenth because mm-hmm. racism mm-hmm. in America. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when I feel like I've started to hear more about it. But yeah, I would say that it's kind of made a resurgence. At least it's Definitely. being talked about more in the popular media, and it's wonderful to see so many communities celebrating it. It is literally the bare minimum for companies to give their employees <laughs> Juneteenth off t- uh, tomorrow. Yes. Um, that does not like equity and justice make to give like no. Juneteenth off, but it's great that people are recognizing it, and some states are making it a holiday. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, this is this is it. Like bare minimum. <laughs> that's what we get more is needed right. you said right i'm like uh i've been working on this juneteenth um event with some community members and i'm really 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 bummed because we're gonna have to cancel it because the weather is so bad um and we were putting it together like with scraps like with a hair of our chin chins like two weeks max um and uh so we were really excited about it and getting folks really excited about it but we're like since it's outdoors and that the the land that we're having it on is like privately owned it's very historical has lots of meaning like we want to honor that and so we're gonna move it but yeah like i like i went to something in this town last year and it was like okay it was like okay like maybe people who are in, in a different generation kind of hold on have held on to this, you know, as a tradition to do, but it it is not at all, like, translated or trickled down to younger, different generations, and so I knew going, like, after going to that event, I was like, if there's a way that I can help, like, that already kind of was a seed planted in my head from last year, I was like, I really do want to, because I really think this could be better, and, like, this, like, is so symbolic and so meaningful, like, it took us however many, uh, centuries of you know being enslaved and even when we finally got our freedom papers we still weren't all free like had to take their asses down to texas and tell them hey y'all like this is over it's a wrap and just thinking about just where we are what is that 155 years later like we're people just you know just now kind of like understanding or attempting to make sense of what that means so anyway so i wanted to definitely give juneteenth a shout out apparently there's a juneteenth flag now that's something i learned Two oh, weeks ago. I, I didn't know, know that. about that. And I have questions because the flag is red and blue. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. I get is it the one that's just, like the American flag? Or am I thinking of something? No. no it's okay. it's like red on the top, blue on the bottom, and then there's kind of like a star thing in the middle. Oh. I don't know what any part of that flag means, but I thought it was interesting with the color choice because I'm like, every time I think about Juneteenth, I think about red, black, green. Right. maybe yellow like not red white and blue and so I'm like hmm I have questions about that but anyway so so yes we'll still celebrate Juneteenth it'll be great I hope everyone listening will also find a way to celebrate buy black go yes. find support black businesses like get our economy popping our businesses need it 
now, today, tomorrow, yesterday. So also happy to speaking of like buy black, I think of uh, buy black books from black authors, and I just mm-hmm. saw on Ibram Kendi's Instagram that he is still on the like New York Times bestseller. Um, and there's a lot more black authors, not only in like nonfiction but fiction, um, mm-hmm. being in the top ten. So that's great. Like everyone should keep buying things. Um, yes. I'm also seeing a lot of resources being shared around like children's books of how to mm-hmm. talk about anti-racism, um, mm-hmm. which is really wonderful to see. So I would also say like I can offer this if folks want to DM us and they're like, hey, what's a locally, um, where can I support? What's a black business I can support? Yeah. Between you and I, we'll, we'll figure yep. something out. We'll and I also happen. saw this wonderful Twitter thread recently about black-owned bookstores that ship, which, you know, sometimes... People can be in isolated areas or maybe in areas that just don't have a black owned bookstore. So if y'all need stuff, let us know and we'll, we'll get you some resources. Definitely. Um, Also on that note, stop watching the help. If everyone, cause I don't know why the fuck that's still trending on Netflix. Like stop it. Like I don't like Amy's Allison's Alexis's maybe. What, like, what are you doing? What, like, what, what's the goal? Like, what do you want to feel? What do you want to, what are you trying to learn? Like, yeah. you just really love that movie? Like, stop. Well, Can we stop centering um, stories where Black people are, like, the submissive, or not submissive, what am I? Um, like, the caretakers. The, the, ca- the fucking slaves. The, basically, the slaves. Like, right, right. like, let's just be real. So, if we could stop with the mammies and the, you know, Uncle Toms and such, that'd be great. I read a wonderful piece a couple years ago about the help that talked about how for white viewers, it's easy to consume black stories when they're at the center of it, or there's there, they can see themselves reflected in that in some ways. You mean Uh, it's easy for them to, when the white people are at the center. When the white people are at the center, right. Or they're being helped by the the black character. Yes. Um, And so that's why I think the help I was really surprised because that movie came out years and years ago. I was yeah, really surprised that it. It, that it made its way back up. Um, wow. But yeah, like there's so much plenty of things where uh, white people are not at the center of a lot of <laughs> yeah. media that can talk about. If you want to really learn about black people, there are so many more things beyond the help. 100%. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, yeah. that's what I mean by other thing, too. Like, interrogate the media that you are consuming because mm-hmm. things that you think about are... Th- Sometimes the media is written specifically for the majority audience, like white audiences, or it's written by a white author, right? Exactly. So just, like, interrogate those things a little bit more. Um, and again, we have resources. We're not the only people with resources, but, you know, stop reading the help. Stop buying <laughs> Robin D'Angelo's White Fragility there's plenty of other better things to support. Awesome. And on that note, we will head in into today's topic. What happened recently was the season four season, there we go, finale of Insecure. <laughs> yes, we are here. We got to the end of the season four. Uh- it was a lovely journey I just it was such a good season so I figured today we could talk about just all of our thoughts as it relates to insecure and picking apart some of those relationships and things like that so let's just hop on in so fun fact for for folks ooh, tongue twisters today 
fun fact for folks, um, Louise and I are part of a larger um, Insecure like episode recap group. And so every week we would spend some time talking about it. And Louise would like throw out some really good questions. We'd find oh, some from you. other blogs. Yes, on um, social media and stuff like that and just have a wing dang doodle of a time um, just talking about it. So I pulled one of your questions that you asked from last week for folks who might be listening who have never heard of Insecure yeah. um, to just like describe it in a sentence or two. And don't steal my notes because that was, I, was okay. like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's not going to be one or two sentences, but I will try. Okay, you maybe in not, 60 seconds. In 60 seconds. Oh my gosh, no. Uh, <laughs> so Insecure season four follows the journey of Issa D, the main character, and Molly, her best friend exploring their friendship this season. They have been friends forever uh, since they were 18 and now they are growing up. And so does that mean that they're growing apart as they develop new relationships, some new flames and some old flames, but no dro, much to my disappointment. (laughs) I don't know why you'd ever be disappointed in not seeing dro. He was awful. But yes, okay, that was great. I would say um, just a brief description of this season in particular was that I think all of the characters really were exploring um, new levels of themselves and like new, exploring themselves in like new capacities. And so like Molly in an actual relationship, like Issa in a job that gives her fulfillment, like Lawrence thinking about choices he's made in the past. And so like, I think they were really attempting to do some reflection and maybe correction um, with just dating and relationships and their lives and stuff like that. So that, I thought that was really nice to see. Like, I felt like the thing that I love most about TV shows, cause I do, I love TV shows. Like I'll watch a TV show like back to back for like four hours, but I will cry if you make me watch like a two hour movie. Like, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know. But the thing I love about TV shows the most is like the time you get to spend getting to know a character and like the character right. development and all that stuff. So I feel like this season was really trying to like help us get to know and like see these characters sometimes from like a different light or a new perspective or with like added like layers and responsibilities and sometimes just with stuff that we already knew, but just going on on a little bit deeper. So I like that about this season in particular and just shows like this. So, okay, what was your favorite moment? If you can choose a top moment or maybe a top episode from season four, what would be your favorite? I would have to give it to Kelly's British accent. Ah! Ah! Just, just (laughs) the amazing, the amazing talent of Natasha. Uh, yes both her writing and her acting skills as kelly just yes. british accent made me <laughs> just that whole journey of her, that date with that guy he was just so stupid he, he what was, was. Like, the three the three branches of the federal government yes! judicial was- bank of america or like bank of america is the financial branch that's where the, that's where the money's made that's uh. where the money's made uh, bank of america Uh, It was just so funny because it made me think about the things we will do on dates to either impress someone or just make ourselves more interesting, what things we choose to omit. Uh, I think my favorite thing, obviously at the end of that episode, obviously there's spoilers in what we're talking about. Oh yeah, this whole episode was spoilers. Yeah, so you may want to skip ahead. Uh, 
but my favorite by the end of the episode, episode <laughs> by, the, by the end of the episode when they're all running and Kelly drops her accent and she's like I'm from northern Philly you know just gonna bust it out of here and just it's just so funny to me yes um and then isn't like Amal with her or they have like this little exchange thing. yes and yes so, I it don't was know I I think my favorite my favorite thing about season four was just like the 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 support characters right so Kelly mm. Amal, I mm-hmm. mean I know we got things with uh with Derek and Tiffany and so I don't know I I get that this season was about Issa and Molly's relationship and obviously Andrew and Lawrence were kind of in that like main star cast but yeah. obviously the, yeah. the the reprieve from all the seriousness was found in the minor minor and supporting characters which I loved so yeah. I hope we get more of Amal next season it's just he's so mm-hmm. fucking funny yes yes I and you know as an only child I'm like is this like what I'm missing out on, like some of it I'm like happy to miss out on because <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I'm off an asshole. But like their cute little Thanksgiving was really, I forgot about the Thanksgiving. That was a really cute um, scene and yeah. part of that episode. Um, I would say my favorite moment or my favorite maybe episode from this season was Molly's trip with Andrew. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a vacation. I I fucking loved it. It was so good. Um, I just was like so proud of her for like being able to get to that point. And we didn't end up diving into like Andrew's like baggage as much as I think people thought. And I uh, I kind of thought it too when they had like some argument at some point that was like about his shit. But um, it was just nice to see them both kind of get there. Like they got there and they were having a good time. And I'm like, damn, this is how vacations are supposed to be. And granted, this is TV in Hollywood. So like everything is gorgeous and fabulous or whatever, minus the, you know, inner altercation with the brother. Right. But um, I was like, that just was so cute. And I just think she, after the block party, like she needed like moment, a moment of happiness. And the same could be said for Issa. Like she also like needed like, a fucking win after that blowout because like she did have a win of the black party and then when she went back and was like checking social media I think that was kind of like her win because mm-hmm. like people were really excited about it but yeah like I was just excited that Molly could have Molly time or Molly and Andrew time like on a vacation like feeling connected and even when they kind of had their rough patch which was with the brother and like his racist bullshit like they they were still able to work through it. Like, it felt like Andrew was, like, on her side. And I think, you know, sometimes you just need someone to be on your side. Like, I feel like she maybe felt like she didn't have that or whatever. So, yeah, and so that was definitely my favorite moment. And especially, like, throughout the course of that season when the person who has been there so long for Molly, which is Issa, is mm-hmm. not there. So she needs that kind of support. And to what you're saying, like, yeah, everyone deserves someone to kind of have in their corner and to root them on. Um, yeah. Because I think the character of Molly, you know, she's this fat, she's this fantastic like lawyer and is really like at her game. Right. One of our friend, one of our friends, Danielle talks about that. Like she is what we all probably aspire to be, but there's something mm-hmm. that she struggles with, which is relationships and dating, which I can relate to. Um, I am at the top yeah. of my game and this is a thing I, I um, am still working on mm-hmm. with the vacation. My least favorite part of that episode, sorry, my least favorite part of the season was seeing them do all the fun things that we can't do now because ah! of quarantine, <laughs> like travel. Yeah. I am a yeah. farmer's market girl. Like I love going to <laughs> farmer's market with the bay and like, 
to see them do that. Well, now we can because things are starting to open up again, which is probably not the smartest thing. Right. But we can do that more and more now. But yeah, traveling, I was like, I miss traveling. Like, I miss running through the airport really weird. Um, I miss putting super (laughs) expensive, like, food. There's, like, these weird (laughs) things I was used to. But you know who is the most happy about me being in quarantine? Well, two things. My cat. Um, (laughs) But my bank account. Like, my bank account is... Mm-hmm. You know, I've never seen digits like I've seen. Right. Like, Rona. <laughs> like, huh. Okay. That's something to think about. Something to consider. But like, like, honestly, <laughs> go ahead. No, I was gonna say like, but honestly, like in the way that I have felt during Corona, I would trade the money to like be able to have what feels to be like freedom and like time with people I love and like friends and stuff like that. Like I just, I'm too much of a like, go out there and do things and activities girl like even so much of my job is based on like being in front of people like I have just felt like I couldn't do much of anything these last few weeks and so I'm like yes I do like seeing um the money there but I'm like how I'm just counting the many ways that I can spend it (laughs) like as soon as they release us from this hell so yes (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine like flames shooting out (laughs) To freedom. I can't do I can't do sound effects. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I figured we would walk through a couple of the uh highlighted relationships or featured relationships I love from that. the yeah. season. Um and so I thought we would start with Issa and Condola. So Issa and Condola, this would be a relationship where you are friends with your exes next. Like so mm. What are your thoughts, Louise? Like, what do you think about being friends with your ex's next? First, I love the ex's next thing. I had never like, heard I, of that. You know, Did you come up with that? I think that was me. I think that was me. I mean, yes. I guess like Ariana Grande said, thank you next. Thank you next. But yeah, ex next. Yeah, the, next, yes. the ex next. Well, it hasn't happened to me, so I don't know. I probably couldn't. Maybe it's like my Aquarius in me, but I'm like, I will cut off something. I'd rather just not deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd rather just cut ties with anything that reminds me of my ex. Now, I think it gets very interesting because the show highlighted it, or maybe we talked about it, but mm-hmm. when you're like a, a black or brown person in particular, in the, in the show was like, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're black in LA, the circles are already so small. So like, you're inevitably going to have some overlap with friends with you and your partner with your ex's next like so that's inevitable and for me I just mm-hmm. haven't lived anywhere long enough to have that but because I am a person of color I can imagine that that's that there's going to be similar overlaps in a circle and I I think because I live in a city that's not LA size that circle is going to be even smaller uh, because mm-hmm. the city I live in is I don't know a tenth I don't even know how small it is compared to, <laughs> to LA, but yeah, I, I don't think I could do it if I'm being honest. Um, now it would just be, I'm assuming a lot of things, right. That my ex's next wouldn't be like my best friend or like my really good friend. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, cause what, that's the what, thing here. It's that like, it's not that they became friends. It's not like Lawrence introduced Issa to Condola right. and then they became friends knowing that like so that also adds another layer of like oh shit we became friends because like we connected like you're helping me with work and stuff like that and then I find out you're my ex's next and then you also find out that I'm your presence past there we go right. I don't, I well yeah um but yeah so I'm like that also adds a, I don't I don't know that adds a layer 
to yeah. theology. I think not to bring uh, not to bring up an old term that we've that we also coined. Maybe this episode is just about things that we've coined. Um, <laughs> I like to keep a relatively safe uh, amount of degrees. <laughs> As we talked about before, yeah. um, I love I love to keep a, a, a healthy amount of dick grease <laughs> separation uh, between me and my oh, ex yeah. or anyone anyone really. Yeah, no, that's real. Okay, so I basically agree with you because I I can't see myself necessarily being that good of friends with exes to begin with, and so to be friends with their next what's going to go through my head is like, oh, you were able to get your shit together for her. And not right. me. <laughs> like, right. oh, y'all can have a health, healthy, happy relationship and it didn't work. Like, what was the deal? So I think, and not that that, you know, obviously we, we're all somebody's exes and we've all moved on or whatever, but I, I think I would probably take that more personally than I would need to and therefore mm-hmm. it would not be uh, a healthy relationship uh, or friendship at all. Um, but what do you think about Condola's um reaction i guess to well i don't even know so basically condola and isa become i would say friends or like working associates whatever they're friendly with each other then they find out that like they have lawrence in common and then it's like kind of still okay until lawrence or until condola sees lawrence and isa together and then she's like oh y'all still got feelings and things and so instead and she does bring this up to Lawrence eventually, but all within that, she cuts Issa off. And she was helping Issa with a work-related um, project, and that was my issue with Condola. I was like, damn, girl, like, she needed your help. Like, you clearly were connected. Like, you had agreed to help her. I'm assuming pro bono, because I bitch don't have no money. Like, right. so why did, you just gonna leave her hanging? It's one thing to, like, say, oh, we can't be friends because I see something between y'all, but now you're like, we can't even work together. I just felt like it was unprofessional. I agree. Was it that bad? I agree. I mean, I think this is why conversations need to be had at the beginning of stuff to be like, here's your role, here's my role, because it mm-hmm. seems like the beginnings of their working relationship with Condola was like very much in the process. And then at some point she just kind of started pulling back. And mm-hmm. if you've already agreed to do that, then if you already have agreed to be very involved in a project right then you pull away i just think that makes you look bad but as we know so much uh, there's so much lack of communication in this show and so condola should have just said hey i don't feel right or this i don't like this like i'm gonna step away and here is like I'd like to re- renegotiate my working contract, basically, oh, right? renegotiate. Or whatever. Or just, even if you have to talk Something. about a business. Yeah. I'm, I think this is why people say, like, don't mix business with pleasure or, like, just don't overlap those things because it just gets mm-hmm. so messy. Um, and this is a good example of that. Yeah, no, that's real. And I, I think my, and so yes to all of that. And I think the fact that we are, we at some point found out that Condola didn't really want anything super serious with Lawrence. And so I was like, girl, that's even less of a reason for you to leave Issa hanging. Like, if you just want, like, a fuck buddy or, like, someone to casually date, then do that and help a sister out. Like, I, I was just, yeah, confused on that. And I'm, I'm like, I guess I could see how that could be uncomfortable, of course. But okay. I was like, I think she just, yeah, maybe went to to an extreme but yes so what so speaking of lawrence 
which I was like trying to think of the best order for this, but whatever. So, whatever. so Issa and Lawrence, what do we think about their relationship? You know, I together would... then apart and now together, but maybe apart. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I really have never seen myself in the character of Issa, which by extension mm-hmm. means like I never have really seen myself in Issa and Lawrence's relationship. I don't know why. I I feel like. Do you usually see yourself in characters' relationships? I think so. I mean, I think that that's oh, okay. what makes, what draws me to like a character, right? Like, I see much more of myself with Molly, uh, uh, myself okay. in Molly a lot more, and so I really don't have an opinion yeah. in terms of Issa and Lawrence. I'm like, okay, y'all <laughs> got together oh. and then not get together, and like, oh. and I can care about them, right, as characters, but I I don't have a draw to them as like a person because I don't know. I, I think because what I see Issa going through, I just haven't gone through. And in some ways I do agree mm-hmm. with Molly. Sometimes Issa is messy and I, I just don't have my mm-hmm. romantic relationships be that messy or my non-romantic <laughs> relationships be that Damn. messy. And so, I mean, if it is messy, then I'm kind of keeping it to myself and maybe sharing it with you. But it, it's, <laughs> it's not to that level. I don't know. I, sure. oh, I yeah. don't know. I could, I could see myself more in uh, Molly's journey than in Issa's journey, messy or not. But I don't, <laughs> I, I'm glad they're together. I'm glad they're, together now because they seem to have grown up mm-hmm. and yeah. they're willing to have a conversation of how each was in the relationship for what was it five years and how much they've hurt one another so I'm glad for that right like I'm glad that they yeah. have been able to talk to one another and kind of help process things that happened in the past but I don't really I'm not invested too much into their relationship <laughs> Wow, that you know, that's a, that one was breaking news right there. I know, right? Well, you've been like, fuck this shit the whole time. No, then it's not even that. It's just like I'm like, oh yes, like when I have questions to talk about it, right? Or even in our group chat, like I can talk about it. But I know some of our recap group, uh, our low key <laughs> weekly insecure recap group. Some of us do have thoughts around Issa and Lawrence, like very strong thoughts, and I'm just like, cool. Like I'm not, I'm not Lawrence Hive. I mean, oh yeah. You. No. He's cute, like you that know, doesn't make him high worthy. Yeah, I don't no. think Issa's high worthy. No, I would say none of them are high worthy. None of them are high worthy. Um, but I would say, as far as Lawrence and Issa go, I there was so, I don't so I guess I don't feel quite as uh, nonchalantly as you because I'm just like there were so many moments of like OMG, I could only imagine if I was in your situation. So I think about right. oh yes yes yes. yes. So I think about, I don't know what episode it was, but they're, they're coming back together. Their reunion episode, I'll say. Um, And on their cute little date during the art walk and stuff like that. But before that, I think a moment that just struck me and stuck with me was when Issa found out that Lawrence had bought a ring. And I just, that like her, I just thought the look on her face, I'm like, shout out to Issa Rae, who plays Issa D. Don't confuse the two, y'all. Um, she just acted her ass off because I was like, her face was exactly what I feel like my face would have been right. if I had dated someone and found out after we broke up that they had a ring, they were ready for, to propose and to commit to me. And even though, and I think someone in our group said it, it's like, yeah, but like he did they didn't need to get married at that moment. And I'm like, that's totally true and completely valid. But it's just something to know that like someone was willing to commit their life and like to, to commit their life with you and to go through the shit with you to hopefully be better on the other side. Right. And then that didn't happen because you fucked up. Cause I I think Lawrence made a good point that they were trying to work it out. Like in his mind, 
where he was at, they were trying to work it out. So it only seemed natural that the next step for him was to propose. And then she said, you know, she was like, you know, I, I just didn't know if that was, if we really were going to be able to move past our shit or whatever, hence her cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think just to find out that, damn, I could have, <laughs> I could have been three years married up in this piece. Like <laughs> that would have been especially heartbreaking for me. So, so I just appreciated that whole episode and that scene of just them being honest. Like when she was like, I didn't come home cause I was just dry or I would drive around to not come yeah. home. I was like, damn. I'm, I'm like, okay. So. And, and in LA. I like gas prices. <laughs> if you don't conserve that gas, you know, you hate your job. Like, no, we don't need this extra commute. Um, so that, like that speaks to how much she really didn't want to come home. And I'm like, so at what point, did we not ever consider breaking up? Like, mm. why, like, if you really didn't want to come home to see this man, and I think about that, and I ask, like, I can reflect on that with myself, because I'm a stay-too-long type of person. Like, I'm like, well, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. Like, I don't want to break up with you. Like, I hate, I, I really do kind of hate the idea and the reality of breaking up with people, and sometimes I even, you know, tell myself, I'm like, they'll just break up with me if they don't right. want to be with me and so <laughs> hashtag work in progress but I was like I wonder if like that is kind of subconsciously what she was waiting for she's like oh like, I want to break up with him I'm gonna go be free if he finds out maybe he'll break up with me like she never said that but I'm like I wonder if that was you know way back in her head so mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know I was just happy to see them together and then in the last episode spoiler 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 he done knocked somebody up a tale as old as time yeah and um and now i i really don't think isa just seemed very wiped out just with everything Mm -hmm. that was going on and i i just get that like i'm like good for you for choosing the type of life you want and the type of relationship you want because she's gonna have to sacrifice so much being the girlfriend of a man who is a new father to someone else's baby like that's that's a lot. And if she knows she can't handle that, then I'm proud of her for being like, this is a lot. So Yeah, it's a lot of dimensions to have to deal with. And mm-hmm. also, as was it Prentice Penny talked about in the article I shared with y'all, he didn't see Issa being with someone who did not want to be a father to a child that that he helped make and bring into this world and so yeah a lot of layers to have to add to it yeah i don't know yeah for whatever reason i can separate myself more from Issa, mostly because i don't (laughs) think i've ever dealt with that but like the whole thing with molly which is probably why i'm so harsh on molly because i'm like harsh on myself but Mm. um yeah that's that's a thing (laughs) let's go ahead and talk about Issa and molly like what are your thoughts on where they are? Like this, I feel like this, I feel like I read this somewhere, um, but this relationship really is the epicenter of the series. Like Molly and Issa, like they are the main relationship, even with like Lawrence and Andrew and everybody else, like they're the main relationship. So what did you think about this? And what do you think about like adult relationships or excuse me, adult friendships specifically or platonic relationships um, and just holding folks accountable and stuff like that? I have a couple of thoughts. I mean, I think it's great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, Lisa and Molly's uh, friendship. I will say, I think making friends as as an adult is hard. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And it's time consuming and you got to invest in things. It's very similar to dating and maybe even any kind of relationship. <laughs> you got to invest in things. Exactly. Um, so that can be really difficult. I think it's so fascinating when I think about Issa and Molly's relationships and they've been friends for 12 years, right? Since they were 18, I think I read in that article. I was going to say, where did you come up with it? Because I was just thinking, what's their origin In that article. Story? I think in that article, oh, it talks have. about okay. they've been friends since they've been 18. Now, I don't know if we ever got that as viewers of the show or if this was just meant as, mentioned as in Prentice's interview. But, <laughs> he just um, decided when he was He just decided, interview. yes. <laughs> They knew each other from college. They've been friends for a really long time, and I can relate Mm -hmm. to that part. But for me, it's fascinating. As I talked about in other episodes, I've moved around a lot. And so I have friends from very different eras of my life. Like, you know, I have friends from from high school, from college, from grad school, from like different phases in my 20s. And it's Mm -hmm. fascinating to me. And interestingly enough, like, um, my one of my friend groups from high school like they just sent a little message because it was like our friendship anniversary that we established when we were like 15 and so we've been friends for like 15 years but it's just a very different friendship right like I would say these people have known me a long time but they don't know me with like a capital k right like Mm -hmm. you all you know like you and Brian and Haley and other friends that I've met like in the last like two or three years know me a lot more than some of the people I grew up with but Mm -hmm. one of the things I learned about myself is I one it's really hard for me to like let go of friends sometimes like I Mm -hmm. will you know just be friendly with people until they give me a reason not to I always Mm -hmm. joke that I don't know about you but I keep contacts in my phone like from high school I think I've only deleted ever in my life three (laughs) numbers like I keep everyone's cell phone numbers for whatever reason no I always like to start fresh yeah and I'm like if you if we are connected if we are good you will text me and then I will have your number (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah yeah no um new iphone new new friends right right (laughs) but sometimes though it's nice because like then people randomly message you out of the blue and i hate having to figure out who is this i'm like oh i already know who this is and i already know our history and so i can decide whether or not how to engage with you um what was your thing i was going to say about adult friendships yeah so there's people that i've known for just a really long time and i really Mm -hmm. appreciate those friendships but one of the things I had to learn about myself, especially since moving around so much in my twenties, is I can be the I can be a better friend to you if I can see you physically all the time. I think mm. we've had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I definitely have had this conversation with mm-hmm. a lot of people in the last couple of years. I'm like, you know what? Like, I will, uh, you know, like we're gonna like see each other on social media, and I'll like your stuff, and we'll like, you know, be <laughs> DMing each other and that kind of stuff. But it's really mm-hmm. hard for me to invest unless I can't really see you. And I will yeah. say coronavirus has kind of taught me that you can make time. Mm-hmm. But because I have, I can't be social, there's nothing else to do. And so I make right. time now versus right. exactly. like when I can be exactly. social, there's other things that I want to do. And so I don't exactly. know, like, it, it's really interesting because I do feel, and I actually thought about this today because, you know, I did not move that far from the town that I met you in. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can really see myself. Like, I really am appreciative of the friends that I made um, where, you know, I lived, where, 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 where we met because I'm so yeah. close by. It's just, I know yeah. that I'll see y'all at least once a year. I mean, I'm going to yeah. see you like once <laughs> a month. But right, like, I was like, like oh. <laughs> this is this is me actually breaking up with you. This is actually the last one today. This is the last episode of the podcast. We made no, it four. Episodes. We made it four episodes. Um, 
but no, like, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really glad I, 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 I do feel like the universe has provided me with an opportunity mm. to mm-hmm. make those friends, to keep those friendships. And I think mm-hmm. in some ways I don't feel pressured to make a lot of new friends in the new city that I live in because I'm, you know, mm-hmm. within a couple hours drive, like two or three hours drive from a lot of y'all um, mm-hmm. that I want to keep in touch with. And it's, it's very quick. It's easy to even do a day trip if I really wanted to, but even more easy to do a weekend trip. So it's difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had friends that I've known since I was like in kindergarten and, and I don't know, I think of friends in like different that categories. You, you call, what do you, how do you call it? Like your A-list and your B-list and your C-list? Oh, um, yes, there you, are you, tears. You, there are tears, right? And for me, that's very much, I almost think of it like in the metaphor of a circle, right? So like I'm at the center and there's different rings that mm. shoot out from me. Mm-hmm. And so there's just different people. Like these are all friends, but I, mm-hmm. like you may not know me He's as like, well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think of my one friend, um, Carla. I think she listens. I should tell her. But I think of, like, my friend hey, Carla. Carla. Hey, Carla. Like, we um, we met when we were in college. Like, I would consider her, like, a really good friend. We travel. Like, we traveled a couple years ago. Um, but I know that if I really need something, I could call Carla. And I also mm-hmm. know that, like, we can uh, – we don't have to, like, talk every single day or every single mm-hmm. week for, for me to mm-hmm. know if this person is close in my life. Um, and I know that we could plan a trip and spend, like, a week and a half with each other, which we did last year, and we'll be great. Um, and, and I'm okay with that, right? Um, and those are just the different types of friendships that that I have. No, I definitely have had to let some friends go, and that's I think that happens with time as people grow or as people date shitty you know, slightly Republican people, but uh, <laughs> yes. sometimes you just got to let people go. You do. Yeah. Um, what about you, but, like your friends? Well, no, I, lo- I always love hearing you talk about like your friendships and stuff like that. Cause that's one of the things I love most about you. I feel like you're such a good friend. Like I really do. Like, I feel like, and I've told you this Aww. before, I'm like, I feel like you like really invest in your friendships and the relationships you want, which always like encourages and inspires me to do, you know, better myself. Cause I definitely don't think, um, so I think as much as I sometimes like get into a spiral about like dating relationships or romantic relationships, I, I think the same sometimes can be said about friendships and platonic relationships for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not the best at them. And so like similar to you, like I've moved and not, maybe as much but I have certainly like moved a few states over the years and honestly like especially my first move from like back home it's like all right well I'm I'm in a new place a new space new friend like I've forgotten all of you new phone who this and not like literally that but like it just Mm -hmm. it was it's been disheartening sometimes to see how quickly friendships can fizzle when you're not in the same location. Yeah. So I 100% agree with you. And that's, that's the same to be said with any type of relationship, like proximity is important. And so yeah. like, at some point you do have to see each other face to face or I don't know, Gen Z may say differently or otherwise, but I think for me, I still thrive off of like in-person and physical connections with people. And, and yeah. there are things, and I'm, you know, one of the things we've talked about is we're very routine oriented people mm-hmm. or we're like scheduled and structured people. So I love having that like, oh my God, once a year or once every two years, we're doing this. Like I have yeah. that with my friends from grad school that every yeah. year we've committed to doing a trip. Now we don't know when it is, but we'll, we plan to do it. And so I, I like that. Like I, I know that yeah. even though we may it's not really talk cute. every single day or every single week, that we have this thing that we can like come back to. Um, Mm -hmm. I also think I just had to learn that everyone has lives to lead and their world doesn't Mm -hmm. revolve around me and that is okay. Right. Um, And, and I think, 
that allowed me to just appreciate what I have with people and not to feel that I have to be the same way with everyone. I remember, oh my God, mm. college Luis was such a like, has to be <laughs> friends with everyone, like was such like a giver. And like people would mm. take and take and take. And I think I even mm-hmm. felt that a little bit when I was dating for a long time. I'm like, I have such a friendly disposition. I'm like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like I think people <laughs> see this like aura in me. Um, and they gravitate towards that, but sometimes that means that they, they they love me. They love me. They love me. They really <laughs> love me. Um, to quote Sally Fields, but that means okay. I can also take right. And so if I'm not protective yeah. of my energy, then people can can take. And I just had to learn how to how to gauge that um, and how to backpedal if if I if I was seeing that. No, that's a good point. And do you think that Molly felt that way about Issa? That like she was the one that was constantly taking yeah i mean yeah and she she mentioned that a couple of times right like you know Uh saying that isa was always messy or isa was only calling when she needed something there was i think a moment in this season where isa called her and was like hey girl how you doing maybe it was molly was in the office yes yes, yes. Mm -hmm. she's like okay well here's what i (laughs) what i'm going through <laughs> and it's like, damn. Actually, like, gave I, zero shits about you. Right. But, <laughs> but I just wanted you to hear me. And I've, I've even had to think about that, right? Like when I call someone, I'm like, why am I calling them? Like, am I only calling them? I am I only calling them because I need something? I have really mm. thought about like how I show up in friendships and not only show up when I when I need something. Um, and also understanding that like both friends don't have to go through something to like only talk to one another like life Mm -hmm. ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. and I think that's okay right yeah I think um so I went back and watched the first episode a few minutes before we started because I was like oh like is there anything that like um maybe I've forgotten about that I wanted to like bring up or whatever and actually to your point that happens in the first episode and granted (laughs) Molly just has this really poor timing of needing stuff from Issa at Issa's like work events. Right. <laughs> so there's that. But so it was at her um I guess uh reception or whatever where she was like soliciting um requests for donations and stuff like that for the block party, whatever. And so she was like trying to get donations and whatever. And so she as soon as Molly walked in, she was like, Can you do that thing where like you get white people to love you and give you money and stuff like that? And she was like, okay, you know, I'll try, I'll do what I can. And then Molly flips it and she's like, and she's like, okay, yeah, like here's I can do this for you. So now for me, like, you know, Andrew's just said he's dating other people. Like I need some advice. Like what should I say? What should I do? And Issa was like, you got it, go. And like, granted, like, Isa was at her work event. So like, right. that, that also is not a time for me. Like, I, I need people to not be needy of like my brain when I'm like doing a work function. Like, I just right. need to see that I'm working. And so, but that speaks to Molly's like, just, she's elusive to, like, she's just so, she's a little self-involved. And so like, I think, I don't know, and maybe they both are because I'm like, I do think Isa could have came back to that and like, you know, they could have, like, but it's about being being in sync, right? Like, you, Mm -hmm. yes, like, people shouldn't be self-involved, but to some extent, you should be in sync with your friend, with your partner, to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, based off what you're asking me, it seems like you really need a lot of my attention, and I can't give that to Mm -hmm. you right now, Mm -hmm. but, like, give me five minutes to do, like, and I think, I don't think I actually, that is something that I've learned, like, in a relationship, is to both check in with like my partner's availability, but also communicate my own of like, hey, I'm just like not all here right now. Yeah. Um, and I may not know like why I'm not all here, but I, I just can't show up in this way or I can't give this energy what I need to in, in the moment. And that's okay. But 
Mm-hmm. You have to be in, in sync in some ways. And also, like, understand yourself, right? Like, self-involved, I don't think is a bad thing. I think, I think self-aware is, like, mm. key. Yeah, and I don't know that she's always self-aware, but I do think that is a good key. Because it's in those moments where it's like, you know what, maybe I was, like, asking a lot at maybe a not ideal time for her. Like, that, you know, awareness, I think, is something Molly didn't necessarily have. But in her, in, I, like, I could, all, I could almost play the fence for most of Molly and Issa's relationships. I think she was like, well, we were, you know, talking about things that we need to help with, so I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, bring this in here. But, but yes, but I'm hopeful. They had a rough-ass season, but I am hopeful that they will bring it back together. That last scene I thought was so cute with them because I was very frustrated halfway through the season when they – or maybe it wasn't even halfway through. It was after the big blow-up, and they tried to do a meeting, and it was so surface-level. The brunch. The brunch, the brunch with the light skin mimosas, which we're getting Ooh. this week. I was gonna say, I was like, can we make sure like <laughs> there needs to be like a weekend drinks and secure? Oh, there's gonna be so many drinks, drinks and drinks and drinks. So get ready, get your liver ready. It's happening. I'm saying this as if I'm not a lightweight. I'm like two mimosas and I'm done. Right. But, you know, it's fine. I'm gonna be excited, but but yeah, I was I I hated the, that they were keeping it so surface level initially and I feel like when they got back to you know the root of it all at the Ethiopian like that's their or that is mm-hmm. their origin story which mm-hmm. also I want them to explore in season five like I want them to do like a little montage of like seeing them I don't know meet freshman year in college or whatever right um so I think that would be cute but yeah I was like I think they're they tried to do the fake and now they're like back to real and they both had so much going on in their own individual lives that like it just mm-hmm. I suppose maybe it forces you to kind of like just take a step back or take a holistic look to at assess yeah I mean just at first assess. I was at first I was kind of bothered by the fact that they both had to go through something to come back together mm-hmm. but as I was reading like again Princess's interview and even just talking like life happens right like sometimes yeah we can be in sync and sometimes we don't need to be in sync. My Mm -hmm. fear is that that becomes a pattern, right? We are only here for each other or we can only make up when something bad happens to both of us that Mm. we need to be supporting each other when we both go through the good and the bad. If only one of us is going through either. No, that's a good point because I it could be said that, like, when Molly was in a relationship with Andrew, like, that was the, that was the main relationship in her life, which it should, I, you could say it should be, like, and that's fine. I, I think it's, like, hard, because it's, like, how do you, and maybe, Louise, you can speak to this, because you are Molly, like, um, how do you, I guess, prioritize just multiple relationships is really what it is, right? Because it's, like, yeah. you have this new partner, this new relationship, this new boo or whatever. And so you want them to feel like they are a priority, but you also want to, and I guess I could speak to this too. You also want to continue to prioritize your friends. Like not only were they there first, but it's just a different type of relationship. And like, you just don't want anyone to feel like they're maybe second place or maybe, I don't know, or maybe you do. I don't know. What do you think? I think I'm still trying to learn that balance if I'm being honest, like how to preserve multiple relationships mm-hmm. um, and I have often feared that the reason I have multiple friends groups and multiple friends is because I gotta want to deal with myself and I'm like oh my god am I hiding from myself am I running from myself mm-hmm. uh, I want to learn how to balance that better and I think it's about communicating intent right I mean it's it's so interesting that we're both the same age as these characters, but there are things that we just learn as we grow older. Um, you know, in 
in my grad school group, uh, we've talked a lot about things that we all have dealt with being people of color, coming from families of color, um, coming from communities. Where we just don't talk about like our feelings. We don't talk about how we are doing. We, we are often in spaces mm. where we can't communicate who we are. And then we kind of spend the rest of our, we basically spend the time once we move out, move out and or move away, trying to undo some of the, the shit that we've learned how to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can, I can speak to that. Like I really wasn't given a space growing up to like process and to be, and no one was really asking me like, how are you doing? Right. Mm. I remember, I remember, how shocked I was when I had roommates and they'd be like how was your day and I'm like no one asked I think I actually (laughs) talked to you about that I was like yeah asks me those things like I didn't grow up with that and that doesn't take away from like how I grew up we just didn't we didn't talk about Mm -hmm. those things and so to have someone ask or want to know how my day was is still very Mm -hmm. foreign to me um because again I'm so used to giving and things not being about me that right always someone Mm -hmm. else well and that's a that's such a great point to you. And you know, like we've talked about like my pet peeve of like guys just been like, Hey, how you doing? What's up? What's up? Because for me, I have, I have felt like whenever people are like, Hey, how's it going? It's just like an empty, like ask, like they're not actually looking for anything deep. So I don't take that as a question where you're wanting to like seek true information from me. I take it as like, oh, it's just the greeting. Like, it's just like the thing, it's the pleasantries. Like, it's the thing that you say when you don't know what to say. To be nice or whatever. And so I'm not going to sit here. And it's probably only been up until recently. And Corona, like, I just have really not been able to or not really tried to, like, hide. I'm like, when people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, like, do you really want to know? Because I have things to say. But if you just want me to say good, honestly, I'd just rather you not ask. And so I think sometimes, like, when I'm on the apps, I definitely get a little, um, maybe, like, anal, maybe rigid. I'm not sure. Or just maybe, I just, whatever. I just feel what I feel when guys are just like, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Because I'm like, can you, like, ask me anything that feels like it's of substance and anything that would make me believe that you actually want to get to know me. And I, like I said, I get it. It's a greeting. It's a formality, but like, I don't know. It just feels very empty. It's like a step above just being like, Hey, but also (laughs) when you say, Hey, how are you? Like, does it really have meaning? Um, And I talked about this before with like hookup apps. I'm like, I can usually tell if someone wants a hookup based off Mm -hmm. of like, even just how they say hello. Right. If it's like, Hey, (laughs) like clearly you're not looking for too much here. Um, more often than not obviously I've been surprised before but yeah do we want to head into the tales of a tenderoni awesome so for everyone listening remember to send us your tales fails and details of your experiences dates and all that thing all those things with your tenderonis to courtincolor at gmail.com or just slide into our dms um on instagram and uh send us what's been going on like any funny stories about your dates or screenshots and things of that nature um only tasteful nudes please like we don't want you know (laughs) no raggedy raggedy stuff going on but okay so um on this installment (laughs) of tales of a tenderoni do we want to actually i'll start and then you go okay? okay um so chatrice updates her bio tenderoni sends a winky face chatrice 
What does your emoji mean? It means I agree with your bio. We should meet. Well, make it happen, winky face. What you have planned for this weekend? Two days later. W-Y-D. I'm currently solidifying plans for the weekend, so as of now, I'm available on Saturday. Two days later. W-Y-D. What are you looking for on this app? For some tender love and care. LOL. Chatrice Unmatched. And this has been Tales of a Tenderoni. So, I just would like to say that I unmatched because I... I mean, he put LOL, so I was like, oh, you're making a joke that you're looking for. And this is like, you know, a line or whatever. This isn't, like, you're not actually looking for anything because you said you want to meet up. Like, hello, I'm saying what's up. And you haven't even attempted to, like, ask me out. I mean, and I was looking back on here, and I was like, okay, granted, it did take, like, me two days. But I was like. Right, I was about to ask, like, why when he asked, like, what have you (laughs) planned for this weekend? Why didn't you (laughs) answer? Because there were probably more interesting people that I was talking to True. on the app. And I w- it's so funny because I was listening to another podcast earlier this week and that's what they were talking about. They were like, you know, it's a dating app. You can't take a whole bunch of, well, not, not a whole bunch of days. You can't take like a couple of hours of someone like missing as you can't perceive that as ghosting. Like you can't right. say that someone's ghosting you after a day because like we're all trying to entertain all these people on the apps and slash like you just said we have full lives to live so i'm not on this app 24 7 and also so too like, like also too you know depending on where you were in the process there might have been a front runner as we've talked about them before right. but also you got to make yourself stand out like the bare minimum like basically like this is bare minimum what have you planned for this weekend like if i wanted to stand out maybe this is like maybe this is also where we offer some dating advice too like you know, if you want to stand out to say, what have you planned for this weekend? Because if you're getting two or three of those messages, you're like, well, dang, now I got to assess which one of y'all is the front runner. But mm-hmm. you could have like the, the Tinderoni could have said, what, what do you have planned for this weekend? I'd love to take you out. Are you free on Saturday? Like we always talk about that extra, like go the extra step. And right. it's exhausting, right? When you do go the extra step and like, say you get rejected as we've talked about and we have experienced, but make yourself stand out. Think of this as a job interview, <laughs> like go further than you think. Exactly. Well, and I think I do recall that like whenever he asked about this weekend and whenever I got back to him and as it clearly says, I was still available that weekend. So it was still within the week and we still had time to like, right do something and i want to say by the time he replied back to me i'm almost certain it was after the weekend or like during the weekend and so then that's when i was like well what are you like what are you looking for because you you keep asking me or you keep hinting at or suggesting that you want to go out but like do i have to do all the work in this and also the wid right so no matter what like after any kind of silence you start with a wid it makes it seem like you you're just kind of bored and you're back on here and you're like, what are right. you doing? And it's like, no, be like, I don't know if you're said, I'm currently solidifying plans for the weekend. So as of now I'm, I'm on, I'm available on Saturday. And like, let's say I didn't respond for whatever reason be like, Oh, Hey, sorry. Didn't respond. Can we, I don't know. Like we talked about this before, like make a plan, make an effort. Mm-hmm. If you weren't available, like if I as a tender only wasn't available that we can be like, Oh, sorry, I wasn't available. Can you do this? Like show some follow right. through. Like, and even if yes. I'm not available, it shows some kind of level of commitment. 
because even yes. starting with WID, I get it. We're all in like texting lingo nowadays. And maybe this is personal dating preference, like go the extra mile. <laughs> Add the extra letters. <laughs> Add the extra letters. Even a grammar or punctuation. Oh, don't get me started on grammar. But and and for all intents and purposes, this was like totally fine. Yes, like, yeah, this yeah. was certainly not the worst. And and I think like w- as I'm like looking at this and reading this back, I'm like, okay, I do think at least in those moments, he at least tried to start it back up, you know, with the WID. But I think, yeah, I was just like, like, so you're asking me what I'm doing right now. Like, I'm trying to figure out if we're going to go out. Like, I don't, yeah. like, do you really well, want to know what I'm doing? Like, and I don't question. Know. So I could read this in a couple of different ways. For him saying, I'm looking for some tender love and care. Does that mean hooking up? It could definitely mean that. Like, and that's I, what I think, right? Like, tender, loving care. <laughs> like, what? Like, you're trying to be funny. Like, you're trying to be funny, right? Oh, like, girl, I just got TLC. I just understood tender, loving care. Oh, uh, welcome, Louise. <laughs> thank you. Just, I was like, I think Chatrice is. <laughs> thank you. Like, I mean, yes, yes, yeah, sorry. Clearly, yeah. Clearly, he was more clever than I am. And <laughs> well, <laughs> was he? I imagine. I don't know. Um, but. I, I was like, okay, like you're, I just was like, you're trying to be cute. Cause I'm like, if you really want it, some tender loving care, which he also spelled it the way that I spell tenderoni. So I do think that is funny for this reference, but right. that is the wrong way to spell it. But, um, but if he really did want that, like, then aren't you going to like be more into this? I don't know. I definitely will admit for my own self-awareness, like sometimes I am a little rigid when it comes to the dating apps. And sometimes I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a bad thing ever hmm. actually. Cause I'm like, well, the guys, again, the guys that I've, like, been able to go further with, they have set more, like, our conversation has been more fruitful than this in the first couple of days. Right. And it usually isn't about meeting up. Like, there are some guys, there are some guys who are like, let's just meet. Like, let's just meet. And I'm like, like, I gotta talk, like, we gotta talk, like, I don't know, for a couple of days at least for me to see sure. if I want to meet you. I'm not just meeting up with anybody. But, and then the flip, the, the reverse happens of, like, or the opposite happens of, them being like, well, we gotta stay on here for like three months, and then after ninety days, then we can meet, and then maybe after two weeks, then we can get, like. And so, I think people are just on different timelines on the apps, and I think, yeah, I think this guy's timeline just didn't add up with me. So I was like, no, thank you. And I probably, with this town being so small, I probably matched up with them again, and who knows how that went. So yes, but anyway, all right. Well, this is the fun yeah. per huge um any final thoughts that you want to share with the people i don't think so i mean enjoy the summer it sucks that we don't get like a hot girl summer part two but I know. there's good things to the summer so just enjoy a reminder to like you know make sure you are eating consistently sleeping drinking water you know if you need a little light skin light skin mimosa treat yourself if you need a little light-skinned man treat yourself (laughs) and you know as always keep it cute and court with confidence thanks for listening y'all to another episode of courting in color don't forget to follow us on instagram at court in color that's c-o-u-r-t-n-c-o-l-o-r or email us at courtincolor at gmail.com. Head on over to our website at courtingincolor.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us. Court dismissed.
Vogue. Vogue.